This program is made possible by the friends and partners of Unspeakable Joy. This morning is going to be one of those messages. I want you to listen to everything I say. Don't check out halfway through. Because it's one of those messages that nobody talks about anymore. But if you don't understand it, you're not going to understand what God's trying to do in your life. This morning I want to preach to you on real repentance. The book of Luke chapter 15, we began with the prodigal last week. We got him out of the hog pen, but he was on his way home in verse number 17. The Bible says this, And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose. And he came to his father, and when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to the father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said. You need to underline that little three-letter word, but. In verse number 22, But the father said. This morning I'm looking at the prodigal son. Last week I talked to you a little bit about what revival looked like. What we need revival for. Beloved, one of the biggest, most important, most primary steps in revival is this little word, repentance. Now, it is a word that the church of today has no idea what it means. Man, whenever we talk about repentance, some people think it means to be beat down. Some people think you hadn't repented until you feel as low as you possibly can. Some people think repentance is being paraded in front of people like a beat-down dog. Some people think that repentance is what you do whenever you say, I'm sorry. That's not what repentance is. Repentance means to change your mind, which leads to a change in action. It is when you side with God against yourself. It's when you say to God, God, I know you're right. I know I've been wrong, and I'm going to do what you tell me to do. Now, beloved, there are three kinds of people in this world, and I'm going to give them to you right quickly. Number one, there are those people in the world who say they don't need repentance. There are people in this world today that say, what's the point of God? I'm living just fine. There are people in this world today that say, I don't need salvation. I'm doing just fine. Beloved, there are people in the church today that are living like a junkyard dog and the Holy Ghost is trying to get you to repent of that and change your action and change your attitude, but yet you're saying, I'm, I'm fine. There are people right now that say, what's all this Jesus? All this Jesus stuff does is make me feel bad about myself. Honey, that's not Jesus. That's the convicting power of the Holy Ghost. You see, 
see, there's three parts of God's process. Number one, there is conviction. Number two, there is repentance. And number three, there is restoration. In order to get to restoration, you got to be repentant. And in order to be repentant, you've got to respond to that conviction of the Holy Ghost. There are those that say they don't need repentance. Number two, there are those who've said, I'm sorry, but haven't repented. Honey, I'm going to be honest with you right now. Words mean very little in the sight of an almighty God. You see, it makes no difference if somebody says, I'm sorry for slapping you upside the head as they rear their hand back and get ready to knock you upside your bean pole just one more time. It makes no difference to God whether you say, I'm sorry, if you don't change the way you're operating. There are people that are here today, and you've said, I'm sorry, but ain't nothing changed. There are people out in the world, and they have confessed that they have been saved, but yet they've not changed the way that they've operated. Beloved, it doesn't operate like that. God is not interested in your words. God is interested in your action. He's interested in the heart that leads you to follow him. And then there's a third person in this room today. There are those people that have truly and really repented of their wrong, of their sin. And here is the problem with that third group of people. That third group of people, the hardest person that they're ever going to have to deal with is self. We have the hardest time feeling like God has forgiven us because we can't forgive ourselves. I hope I can help that third group of people that's sitting in that third group right there. Because too many times we've got this idea that I haven't felt enough shame in order to be forgiven. I haven't walked enough lowness in order to be forgiven. I haven't done enough to make my penance in order to be forgiven. Can I encourage somebody this morning? You don't have to feel a certain amount of shame in order to be forgiven by God. Jesus Christ has already taken all of the shame and all of the judgment and all of the wrong and all of the sin he's not wanting you to feel shame he's wanting you to walk in glory and when you realize that it'll change the way you operate some people say I've done too much bad I need to feel a little bit worse we spend our time trying to get out of the ditch and we don't look at the ladder that's been put down in the hole there are those three people I'm going to give you six truths this morning about real repentance from this passage of Scripture. Number one, real repentance is a choice. It is a choice that you make. It is not a feeling. It is not something that pops out of the sky. Notice what it says about that prodigal. It says he came to himself. You know what that phrase he came to himself means? It means he started acting with a sober mind. He started thinking straight. He started thinking and seeing things for how they really were. You see, he made the choice. Now here is our problem in 2022. We're waiting on somebody else to make the choice for us. We're waiting on somebody else to make us feel better about the situation. Where are the products 
chronicles that say, you know what? I'm a coming to myself and I'm making the choice to go back in the direction of God, to make the choice to walk in the ways of God, to make the choice to follow the path of God. Ladies and gentlemen, choosing is all throughout the Bible. Joshua said, choose you this day whom ye will serve. If it's the God of the Amorites and the God of the Hittites, then let them be your God. But if it is Jehovah God, then you choose today what you will do. Some of y'all are acting like that ain't there. I'm telling you right now, the moment you realize you're the only one that has the power to choose in your life, you're going to walk in a liberty you've never known before. Whenever you realize other people's opinions don't matter, whenever you realize the people you're trying to please can't be pleased, in order, whenever you realize in order to get right, it's not about feeling a certain thing, it's about doing a certain thing. It's a choice. Can I ask you a question? Who turns your lights on in your house? Whoever chooses to. The same switch is available to a 50-year-old and it's available to a 10-year-old. Repentance is a choice. You say, but if I repent, so-and-so is going to be mad. And so I can't do it because they're not going to feel a certain... Then you know what you've done? You've let them make your choice. You've let them decide for you. It is a choice. You know how long that prodigal stayed down in the hog pen? As long as he wanted to. You know how long you're going to stay down in that pit of wrong and sin and pain and guilt and anxiety? As long as you want to. In this day, we've passed off responsibility to the doctor. We've passed off responsibility to the nurses. We've passed off responsibility to the teacher. I'm about sick and tired of these poor teachers in here whenever a kid acts like a lunatic demon possessed somebody in a classroom and the mama comes in after the teachers called them over the kid that's acted like a demon possessed lunatic in that classroom and mamas and daddies walk in and they say, well, maybe you're not teaching her. Maybe you, my friend, need to go back to the arithmetic and the ABCs of what mama said. One hand versus one bottom will always bring out a right decision. It's not that baby's fault. They're just a baby. Honey, they're rotten to the core. You say, but I've got babies. I got them too, and they're all rotten to the core. We got little babies, about 10 more going to be born. Guess how what them 10 are going to be? Rotten to the core. You know what we've done? We've gotten good at passing our choices off and then complaining when we don't get the outcome we hoped we'd get. You have the choice. It came to himself. You know how long you're going to walk in sin? Long as you want to. You know how long you're going to do this? As long as you want to. You know how long you're not going to pray? As long as you want to. You know how long you're going to live in that guilt? As long as you want to. It is a choice. Number two, it's not just a choice, but it is a conversion of the mind. It is when you change your mind. Now, if you look back at our passage, here's what that prodigal said. He's down in the hog and, and this is what he says. He says, how many hired servants of my father have bred enough? That phrase, hired servants, is where the truth is. 
You see, back in Bible days, there were two kinds of people that did labor on a farm. There were slaves and there were hired servants. A slave is somebody that was chained. A slave was somebody that was beat. A slave was somebody that had no choice. A slave was somebody who had no say. But a hired servant was somebody that willingly went to that farm. Somebody that was paid a decent wage. Somebody that had a choice in what they did. And this is what that prodigal said. That prodigal back yonder, this is what he said back down at daddy's house the first time. He said, I'm tired of being on this farm. I'm tired of not having any choices. I'm tired of my daddy bossing me around. I'm tired of him telling me what to do. I'm tired of living his way. I'm tired of following his rules. I'm tired of doing everything but a few nights in the hog pen a few months in the hog pen a few months in that muck and mire and you know what he said? He said I think I may be changing the way I look at those people back up at my daddy's house. They weren't slaves that had no choice they were respected hired servants that did have a choice. Honey that is what the Holy Ghost is trying to get you to do in your mind he's getting you to see what really is right and what really really is wrong. I'm amazed at the people that come to this church that come from the backgrounds that many of you have come from. And there was a day back in your background when you said, ain't no way you'll ever find me in church on a Sunday morning. Ain't no way you'll ever find me in church on a Sunday night. And there's a hot place that'll serve snow cones before you ever find me there on a Wednesday night. But yet here you are on a Sunday morning eating our hot dogs on a Sunday night living in the dream on a Wednesday night and you know what's happened you've changed the way that you're thinking you're not seeing as a bunch of dead religious folks but a bunch of people that have been down to a fountain of life a river of living water a place of hope and grace it's when you change your mind listen to me you know why so many people will never repent they never change the way they view wrong the moment you view wrong And start justifying why you're doing wrong. You're not repenting. You're just justifying why you won't keep walking. Well, I know I did wrong. But. Honey, I'm telling you right now. That three letter word but. Is going to keep a lot of people. From grace and mercy and truth. I know I made a wrong choice. But let me tell you about. No. Real repentance is when you say, God, I'm the one who did it. And it was wrong. It is a conversion of the mind. You know what we don't like? I don't like that. That makes me uncomfortable just saying that. 
You know why? We live in a flippy, floppy, wishy-washy generation and nobody wants to pin the truth down. We want to treat it like jello that we hope flies on the wall and sticks until we need to pass by again and hope it ain't there. Listen to me now. Right's always been right. Wrong's always been wrong. Up's always been up. Down's always been down. Truth's always been truth. God's always been God. Sin's always been sin. Whether I like it or whether I don't like it, here's what I'm telling you right now. When you get to the place, when you stop justifying wrong and start saying, God, I know that was sin. You change the way you look at it. But it's not just a conversion of mind. But it is a change of action. You see what that repentance will do. If you think something, what will it affect? Your actions. You know what people don't do wrong or do right? They don't think it's right. Sweetheart, you know what I know? Fire is hot. Guess what I'm not doing? Touching fire. You know why? Because my mind changes my action. How many people say I'm sorry and go right back to the hog pen? You know why? We ain't changed the way we operate about that hog pen. We know it stinks, but now we're starting to justify that it may not smell as bad as we thought. And I love, listen, this is one of my favorite lines, boys. One of my favorite lines is, oh, y'all just uptight. You need to loosen up. Honey, you know the problem with loosening up? Most people are hanging by a thread, and if you loosen up that thread, they're going to fall to calamity. I don't want to loosen up when where I'm swinging is over the pit of hell. I don't want to loosen up when where I'm swinging is over a manure field. Honey, I want to tighten up. I want to get straighter. I want to get tighter. I want to know. I want to walk any looser. I want to be right. You know why? Because I want God to make sure my mind is affecting my action. How do we know it affected his actions? Lord have mercy, this hog pen stinks. You know what the Bible says? And he arose. The moment he realized, I ain't got to stay here. I got a daddy back at my house, and he may not ever let me back into his house, but he's got enough hired servants, and they've got bread enough to spare. I may not ever, 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 ever get back to the place of being a son, but I'd settle with just sitting at his house. You see, what repentance does is it doesn't look for a restoration of position. It looks for a restoration of relationship. You know why so many of us will never repent? Because we're looking for the place instead of the person. When are we ever just going to say, Lord, I don't care if I never do another thing. I'm getting up and coming back because of you. I got to get back where you're at. I want to sit where you're at. I want to hear what you've got to say. I don't care what anybody else says. I want to be where you're at. I want to hear what you've got to say. Oh God, I have got to have you. But then it will lead to number four. Real repentance will take you to the place where number four, you accept the consequences. 
of your wrong. A really repentant person. Notice what the prodigal said. He said, Daddy, I'm no more worthy to be called your son. Just make me as thy hired servant. You see, too many times, too many prodigals get out of hog pens and try to talk their way back to where they were. Humility will put you on your knees. And you'll say, Lord, have mercy. But you know about them consequences? Too many times, too many preachers stop right there. And this is this. I I was talking to somebody this morning. This is that shame-based religion. Lord, if I stay beat down, that's what I deserve. You see, we derive that from our youth. We derive that from our childhood. Our daddies told us we were sorry. Our mamas told us we were sorry. Everybody around us abused us and tore us asunder and ripped us aside and told us we're sorry. So therefore, when God the Father looks down at us and beats us down and tears us down, we say, yeah, but we can't understand how a holy, righteous, sovereign, omnipotent, holy, immaculate, ever eternal God would ever look our way and say, rise, my child. It's going to be okay, my son. It's going to be be okay my daughter you are forgiven we cannot comprehend that but he had a little bit of hope you know how I know he had a little bit of hope once you notice what he said father I'm no more worthy to be called your son they missed it father I'm no more worthy to be called. Daddy! I'm not worthy to be your boy. If he'd have really believed that, you know what he'd have said? Sir, I'm no more worthy. Oh, God. But he'd heard that daddy back at the house. Tell too many servants, too many people that had wandered off the farm, it's going to be okay. I receive you back. Go back to the place you were at. Go back to the position you were at. And he said, if my daddy was good to those people, I'm believing with everything in my heart that my daddy is going to be kind, is going to be gracious, is going to be merciful to me. And he crawled his way back down to the daddy's house and he looked up at his daddy and he said, Father, he said, I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Honey, his daddy didn't lay in on him. His daddy didn't look at him. It was as if he was already forgiven before he ever left the house. Here's what I'm telling you right now. The God of heaven doesn't lay consequences down on us. That's the devil. Too many times though, we won't repent in the eyes of a merciful God because we're trying to prove to him how we're not worthy of the consequences. We don't trust that he's merciful. You'll crawl your way back to a holy God when you finally say, Lord, I'm not even worthy of the least of your mercies. Knowing that the Father is going to say, if we confess our sins, 
He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us. But who this morning is trying to worm their way out of the consequences? Trying to show how we're God and He's not. Let me give you number five because number six is juicy. Number five. Number five, let me get a little teachy before I get preachy. If you don't like his teachy, you ain't going to understand the preachy. But too many times the reason we don't understand the preachy is because we don't understand the teachy. So let me teach and then I'll preach. But if you don't like teach, then you ain't going to like the preach. But let me teach and then I'll preach, all right? Number five, repentance is to be corresponding to the sin. We don't understand how this whole thing operates. Notice what he said. He said, Father... I got two people I need to apologize to. I've sinned against heaven. As a righteous Jew, he'd violated the laws of God. And Lord, Daddy, I've sinned in thy sight. You notice he never went and apologized to his brother. You know why? He didn't wrong his brother. You realize he didn't go apologize to the hired servant? I'll tell you why. He didn't wrong the hired servant. He never apologized to his sister. He never apologized to the neighbor. You know why? He didn't wrong. What God's trying to show us is our repentance is supposed to be corresponding to the level of our sin. My, she's put it like this. Your repentance should be as public as your sin. Y'all act like you didn't like that. You know why so many of us have grown up in churches and we've seen preachers do what I call the walk of shame. Little teenager will mess up, fall out on God. I'm about to hoe in somebody's potato patch, but I got a back mold like a saw log and will not be hurt when I go eat cow for my Father's Day lunch. And in the name of church discipline, we take a little teenager that's messed up and with tears in her eyes, tears in his eyes, go and tell that little preacher, preacher, I messed up. And them old sorry, good for nothing, low life, backslidden, probably not even saved church members. What are you going to do about it? I'll tell you what I'm going to do about it. I'm going to have grace and mercy and treat them like you're going to want me to treat your youngin' when they mess up. But instead we take a little teenage girl we parade her in front of the church. She messed up, but we're going to have grace. You know what you've just done? You've ruined that girl's chance of restoration. But I thought the Bible said church discipline. You don't know your Bible. Do you know what the purpose of church discipline is? It's to deal with an unrepentant person. It's when somebody says, I'm not giving up my sin. I'm not turning aside. I'm not doing away with it. I'm not going back to the ways of God. I'm living like I want to live. And Jesus said, you take that person before the church so that the church knows there's a right and a... But somebody who's already repented, why would you want to shame what God has forgiven 
Brother Joe Arthur told me a story one time. I've never forgotten it as long as I live. And I hope that it will chafe some of you and help the rest of you. Here's what Brother Joe said. He said there was a little, a little teenage girl in his church one time that got pregnant out of wedlock. A young teenage girl. And her daddy and her mama brought her in before Brother Joe. And said, Brother Joe, I don't know what to do. She said the girl was crying. The mom and the daddy were crying. Brother Joe looked at him and said, Honey, it's going to be alright. We're going to love you. We're going to keep you. We're not going to embarrass you. We're going to help you with that baby. We're going to give you a little baby shire. We're just, and people in the church met, brother, this whole just good for nothing, sorry church member walked up to him because he'd heard about what was going on. You know the best thing to do when you hear about stuff? Keep it in here, keep it in here, and lift it up there. That's about the best thing you can do. And this whole good for nothing, sorry, a sin church member walked up and said, Brother Joe, how are you going to keep the church pure? You can't let sin go on like that in the church. Brother Joe looked at him and said, what's done is done. She's got it right before God. She's told me as her pastor, and we're moving on. And we're going to restore that girl. That old boy blew up, got mad, caused half the church to split, half the church to run off, just created a scene. One year later. Brother Joe got a knock at his office door. Guess who it was? It was that man in tears. And he said, Brother Joe, my little daughter just came to me. She's pregnant. Brother Joe, what are you going to do? And Brother Joe looked at him and said, I'll tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to do to your daughter what you wanted me to do to his daughter. There are people in this church right now, you need to understand something. When something is done and over with and through and repentance has been had, it's time to move beyond the repentance into the restoration. It's time to move forward. It's time to get past it. It had nothing to do with you. You need to keep on going and let's win people for the glory of God and follow the mercy of heaven and do what God has called us to do. You know why? Because it leads me to my sixth point. You know the sixth truth about repentance you need to understand? Whenever somebody repents, it is the conclusion of the matter. Here's what happened. That boy went back the whole time and he said, Oh God, I smell like the mud in the pit. Oh God, I smell like the hogs down in the field. Oh God, what am I going to do to my daddy? What am I going to say to my daddy? He looked up at his daddy and he said, Father, he said, I've sinned against heaven and against thee. But remember what I said the daddy did. The Bible says, But the Father said. Anytime you see those three letters in your Bible, it is a coordinate or a subordinating conjunction. A subordinating conjunction is a conjunction that is put in language to indicate that the story has been going one way. And when you see that word but or yet, it means that the story is about to turn. There's about to be a new path that's taken. This is what happened. There's hog pen and slop and filth and husk and pigs and nasty and far country but when the daddy spoke there was a new turn the story was about to take a twist and you know what happened that boy had lost it all he lost his reputation he lost his feeling he lost his family he lost his coat he lost his ring but when the daddy spoke it was all done it was all through it was all over honey there's people in this room right now you can't get over what you've done you can't get over what you did you can't get over how you messed up you may not be able to but God already 
everybody has. You've heard what they've had to say. You've heard what they've had to say. You've heard what they've had to say. Now hear what God has said. You are my child and I've taken your sin and I've thrown them into the sea of my forgetfulness. They're gone as far as the east is from the west. People are still talking. Don't worry about what they have to say when God is speaking. You can't keep people from talking. You know the problem with lips? Most of them work. You know the problem with lips that work? They're usually connected to a heart that doesn't. Don't worry about what others say. Worry about what God says who in here is a dabbling on this repentance train today's the day to make that choice who in this house right now is walking in that guilt and you've wronged God and you know you have but you've repented and you're not doing it again you're, but you just can't get past people who cares about Can I give you this? If all people have to talk about is old material, that's usually a good indication you're not giving them new material. If all they can talk about is your yesterday, that means you must be doing something right in your today. So just let your yesterday be gone. Let your yesterdays be bygones. Let your yesterday stay under the blood and follow God today. Live for God today. Walk for truth today. And let God be God. And He has already spoken. It's over. It's done. It's under the blood. If you put it there the only thing that'll put it there is real repentance